0: You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com.
1: Welcome to episode 39 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Tia McNally. I'm Michaela Hooper. And I'm Jess Biondo. This week we are interviewing Jared Emerson, who is a world-renowned artist who does speed painting live before audiences at all kinds of different events and venues. We are absolutely astonished that we had the opportunity to talk to this guy because he is full of goodness.
2: Oh, and his work is stunning.
1: So talented.
2: And his story of how he ended up doing the work that God has given him to do now just blows me away.
1: Isn't it interesting, this running theme we have lately of people speaking purpose into other people's lives. Mm -hmm. You guys, hold on to your hats. This is a great interview. Here we are with Jared Emerson. Hi Jared, welcome to the Collected Podcast.
3: Hey, how you doing today?
1: Great, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to get a chance to talk to you. We know that my um, yeah, you're an artist and a creative, and um, definitely a, a faith-filled man. And so we would love to just hear a little bit about how you discovered your purpose.
3: Discover my purpose? Well, I, I believe I'm still discovering my purpose. Nice. I think each and every day. But uh, like you said, I'm an artist. Uh, I paint all kinds of uh, paintings from um, oils to acrylics to uh, charcoals, from realism to abstracts to impressionism. Wow. Pretty much anything you can think of, I, I, I like to think I could do or recreate in some way. Um, but I'm known for speed painting um, with my hand. So I use, just use my fingers. Don't usually use brushes with the performance speed painting. So you could say that I, I guess just picked it up from kindergarten and stuck with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's amazing. So uh,
3: when I go to, when I go to like elementary schools and even, uh, talk to companies, I just let everyone know that, you know, I, I finger paint for a living. That's what I do. (laughs) That's amazing.
4: (laughs) That's so great. if you
3: can find purpose in finger painting, then you can find purpose, I think, in just about anything. I think that's yeah. really wow.
1: encouraging. That's a good word.
3: <laughs> right. So so for me, you know, as an artist, I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. And based on your question, obviously, I have purpose in it. And my purpose is that uh, I just want to love people more, um, be a better artist, be a better man, Um and hopefully touch people through the artwork that I create. And that can be from a from a spiritual level to just a inspirational, love, uh, encouraging level.
1: That's great. Um, I hope that makes sense. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, yeah.
3: and so th- that is my purpose to hopefully reach people for Christ because I know that despite my sin, despite uh, myself, my pride, my uh my weaknesses, everything in in my life that God loves me continually. And I used to think because of my sin and a lot of the things that I do um, that are not along His path that He He cannot allow me to participate in this world. And um, I've learned to overcome that, that I'm able to do and be the man I am um, and have purpose in it despite all my faults and my wrongs. That's so so I, I think if God can use someone like me, um, you know, that, that finger paint, speed paints for a living, He can use and, and allow anyone for His glory.
1: That's great.
3: To be used for His glory.
1: So, Jared, you said that you um, go into schools and into companies, and I'm assuming probably churches during worship services. Can you tell us a little bit about those different environments that you find yourself in?
3: So, yeah, so I, you know, from halftime shows to to concerts, to a lot of charity events, fundraisers, um, to churches, to parties, to that schools. Is...
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I've done funerals. I've done weddings. I've done oh. gender reveals. I've done baby showers. Wow, um, it's Whoa. pretty crazy to think <laughs> of the opportunities you have mm-hmm. in 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 live, per, you know, performance. Um, you know, you want to say it's a performance because you want you want people to be um entertain. Yeah. But also in coming back to that higher purpose is you, you're not just entertaining people you're hopefully leaving a message for people mm-hmm. uh through the art. And so when I go into a church I call it visual worship because I want people to worship God. I don't want them to really get into the aspect of what I'm doing but I know that what I'm doing is a visual to their worship. Wow. And and so if if you can create a painting in in a few minutes from anywhere from three minutes to five minutes or six minutes during worship, it's usually very powerful
4: mm-hmm.
3: and um especially when you're painting a piece of Jesus or something that really impacts you personally
4: mm-hmm.
3: so i can I can tell you the differences in the different arenas the different um events that I do is a lot of charity events, you're there for one reason, that is to entertain and help raise money.
4: Yeah.
3: And hopefully I do that. I try to, we try to structure what I do for charities, for small charities and big charities. And then also with churches, you know, I believe a church with 50 people and a church with 50,000 people should have the same opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, finances shouldn't get in the way of that. Um, and that's been, you know, trying to for me, it's been figuring out all those different dynamics, but still be true to my art. And from a business standpoint, still keep the level of intensity and the level of, of you know what my artwork goes for. And I think recently I've learned and understood that I am not valued based on what my paintings sell for.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I'm valued in who God created me to be and as His His Son. Amen. And that's been a tough journey for me because you know you do an auction and if your painting sells for you know a couple thousand dollars because I've had paintings go up for a hundred thousand dollars plus just in the speed painting so when it goes for two thousand dollars I have to realize and understand I remember when I was doing portraits uh, for people on the streets for a hundred fifty dollars you know or fifty dollars so learning that I am not valued in that art God values me because of what I'm able to do with the gifts that he's given me. That is so and, good, Jared. And I try to keep that as a focal point for myself because it's very easy to be get down and out. Um, and then it's also very easy to um, be very proud and say, look what I just did.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: I've I've come to learn and understand that it's only because of the gifts and abilities that God's given me I'm able to do what I want. I mean, not what I want, but able to do what um, I'm able to with these different opportunities and and not because of myself.
4: That's so and good. so every
3: day is, is a new journey of humbling myself and saying, Jared, it's not about you. It's about what God's given you. And um, that's good. So that's what I've tried to take, take away from, from different venues is, yes, I might be in a church worshiping, but the next day I might be in a bar. Uh, mm-hmm. the following day I might be at a concert. Uh, the next day I might be on a cruise ship, um, where it could be people that love the Lord and it could be people that are just drinking, hanging out and, um, trying to still find their purpose in life. So if I can inspire one person through that, whether it's in any of these arenas then I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And a lot of times when I'm not in a place God knows, um, when I'm not in a place that God Uh, knows I'm in, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that (laughs) correctly, but if I'm in the wrong place that I should not be in, usually when I'm painting, especially when I'm painting, uh, my savior, it's usually a reminder to me that, and God touches me in that moment and says, Jared, you need to get on track. You need to look to me more instead of your flesh, instead Mm of your, yourself.
4: That's good.
3: And, um, Sometimes sometimes I feel like I'm going in a place saying, I'm going to minister to these people. And God says, no, you need ministering too right now because it's about you.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So,
3: Let me so ask that's you, kind of the journey I've been on and, and the blessings that I've been able to receive from him.
1: Amazing. That's awesome, Jared. Let me ask you this. So I've heard you mention three different layers that are interesting to me. The, the layer of, of artist creative, the layer of business owner, and then the layer mm-hmm. of Jesus follower. And I wonder how it is for you to allow those three to interact and 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 push and pull on each other and what does that look like for you what are the challenges around um, having a, a business shaped ministry and and trying to run a business as an artist
3: no that is actually a great question because that's probably one of the number one things that I struggle with yeah and a lot of times it' it's when you come back to that pride or self um, is a lot of times with what I do, especially with a lot of other artists or people, um, you know, that maybe I've inspired or encouraged that um, maybe don't give you the credit that you think you deserve, is I've learned that there's a a warfare between the artist in me and being a perfection and wanting to be the best, and then also being a child of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because God wants and expects my best, but even if it's not... He still loves me and encourages encourages me through it. The artist in me is saying, hey, I, it has to be the best. It's got to be the best painting ever or else I'm not good enough. And God's telling me, Jared, you're good enough. Keep doing what you're doing because, listen, you're not the one that's here to impact people. I am as your savior. Mm, wow. And so that's the balance. And then the business side, um, that comes in, too, because with what I just said as far as— uh, my worth Um, you know that's a tough thing I I think I probably could be in a really great position right now if I only followed the money but I've learned that God's gifted me for a purpose and not for just finances and thankfully he's blessed me financially through it Um, and so that business side you do have to kind of keep a business side to what you do um, but I don't want that to be the focal so you know there's times where you know, people either can't afford something or whatever, and, and if I can do something, I will. But what I do also takes care of my family yeah. and allows me to, to have a ministry and to have all these other things just besides a business. And uh, sure, I think most people understand that. And I think when I started this journey, I did. I had a hard time painting Jesus and being paid for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feels like um, you're kind of
1: peddling the gospel almost. <laughs>
3: Right, and you know, I think when I started, I had people say, "Oh, you know, maybe little comments here or there," and and then you talk about. Um, I'm trying to remember the scri- uh, scripture. Um, I don't know the exact reference, but just about um, making a grave image of of, uh, mm-hmm. of our our Savior. And to me, that those are passages that talk mainly about um, idols and and worshiping. You know, don't make anything that we're going to worship
4: mm-hmm. because we
3: need to worship. God, um, above and in our hearts, not, not through whether it's, a a painting or a sculpture or whatever it is. I, I, I believe what I do is just a moment for people to reflect, remember who they serve. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. Not yeah. that they're serving a painting or anything else. Um, so in getting going, I, I I dealt with questions. I dealt with um, um, just searching myself, searching um, talking to the Holy Spirit about what is mm-hmm. what is the right thing to do here. and and honestly, it all just comes down to as long as you're you're loving and impacting people for him instead of for yourself.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And I, I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing.
5: Yeah. that's so good. Um, Jared, what so do that you
3: struggle? Just so you know, yeah. that struggle is always real, though, when it comes to the artist in me and, and a child of God. Definitely, because it's finding that, it's finding that balance, you know, and it's finding that. Hey, you know what? Even though I don't want to be the best, not just the best artist, but the best speed painter, I've I've been doing what I've been doing for twelve years now, wow. and it's been amazing. And God's brought me to different things, and I've experienced so many. Um, just had so many opportunities with different things. And I'm, I've surpassed any dreams or ambitions that I've had for myself, um, or that I felt God's had for me. And you know, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, God gives us gifts and abilities and he can also take them away.
4: Mm-hmm. So I've always
3: told people that as long as he's given, I'm going to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, then I'm just slipping away and that, Not using my gifts to the best of um, my ability for him.
5: What do you feel like has been? um, What has surprised you? Like doors that have opened as you've given your yes to the Lord in your gifting. What has surprised you about that?
3: Um, I don't know if I'd say I'm surprised, but Mm. you know, just I I guess maybe surprised that I actually paint in minutes in front of people.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it is I amazing. Never,
3: yeah. Because I, I never, I mean, I used to be more of a realist and I would never paint in front of people. Like that was my own little world. That was my, my creative space where I didn't want people to see it. You know, mm. I just would do it and then um, show people. And I've learned through the creative process, especially this day and age, you know, we our time our time span for things. I mean, look at videos these days or commercials. What is it? Six seconds? Yeah. 10 seconds. Um, yeah. So to catch people's attention, um, is first of all, it's a tough thing to do, but if you can keep them for longer than five, you know, five Mm -hmm. minutes, then you're doing something right.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And, um, I think you were asking me mainly a question about what surprised me as far as what I've done or who, who I've done stuff with or where I've been.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: you know, it's it's again. I, I don't think anything surprises me, but the things that I've been allowed to be a part of, it's just blown my mind. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've done stuff with. I just painted with Carrie Underwood in November, which was pretty amazing. Yes. Her and her husband, they support. Um, it's called Dante's Children in in Haiti, mm-hmm. and um, her husband Mike called me up one day and he just said, Jared, you know, we thought it would be cool if you painted. Maybe you painted Jesus and Carrie sang, and I said, "Sounds wow! Good. Like that Beautiful. would be amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, wow.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, you
3: can't really find a better better singer. You know, she's yeah, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm.
1: And the and, and the visibility um, there too, like the that kind of expands your reach even further,
3: mm-hmm. right? right. And his reach so through you, having, I guess. True. So ha- having her sing from. Love Wins from her new album and and me painting a a depiction of Jesus. And she even says this when she introduces me, just being able to have two arts collide in a moment where people can look at and see the visual and hear the beautiful sound. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that's one, just one area that I'm blown away that I can just be a part of something that I know is bigger than myself. (laughs) And, um, also from Winter I was on Winter Jam tour in 2014. Nice. Which is East Coast, West Coast and being in arenas that are sold out and doing that every night, you know, four to five nights a week for yeah. three months. Wow. I mean it's a lot of work, but yeah. knowing that in in those few minutes um I'm doing this face of God painting that I do which is the most recognized and most requested piece that I do. And one of the pastors, his name's uh, Bobby Joyner. He's a traveling pastor with Winter Jam first, Mm -hmm. since they started Winter Jam. And he came up to me one night, uh, and he does every night. He would pray with me before I'd go up almost every night. And he came to me one night, and he said, Jared, he said, you know when you've painted a portrait of someone's children? And when you do that, whether it's so lifelike or however you do that, you give it to them and they're in tears because they're overwhelmed knowing that that's their child. He said, how amazing is it that you get to paint God's son each and every night on this tour? And he said, what a privilege that is. Mm-hmm. And it, it just sunk deep to me,
4: mm-hmm. deep
3: inside, just saying, you know what? I have to prepare myself and know and and and." not just physically and then studying and and everything, but also spiritually in a reminder that I need to work in my relationship with God because it is an honor and a privilege to paint mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. Son. And in doing that, knowing that, hey, I want to, I want to honor and glory, glorify God by painting His Son and painting Him the best way that I know possible in those mm-hmm. few minutes.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, so things like that just, experiences inside of big arenas and big opportunities are what sometimes surprise me the most. And Hey, God's mm-hmm. showing me and teaching me something through all the things that he's allowed me to do as well,
4: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: which is kind of mind boggling. But, um, you know, I've done cruise ships. I've worked with a lot of athletes from Jared Rice to, um, Tim Tebow to, um, um, musicians like Carrie and I've done stuff with Don Felder from the Eagles and Smokey Robinson, Motown. And I mean, I've done stuff with Willie Mays, Willie Mays. I mean, one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Um, Mm. And knowing that different of these different athletes and musicians have signed paintings that I've done for so many years. And it just seems like it just keeps, keeps happening keeps going. Um, That's so cool. So it's, it's, it's been great. And then also the arenas of, of people that have served our country too and mm. being able to paint and let them know that I actually get to live the American dream because of the sacrifice um, our men and women make in service just as a privilege and an honor in and of itself. We are
1: so honored to be sponsored by Clean Juice. They really keep us fueled and feeling healthy in body and strong in spirit.
2: My favorite menu item right now is the almond toast. All organic ingredients, almond butter, banana, hemp seeds, and honey.
5: It is fantastic. It keeps you fueled all day.
1: Yeah, that one's delicious.
5: And they have a seasonal menu, so it's constantly changing with fresh, new ideas. One drink that you should definitely try is the skinny one. It has watermelon, pineapple, and mint Mm. in it. So,
1: man, that sounds refreshing on a hot summer day. I want to be by the
2: pool right now with one of those. Yeah. Sounds amazing.
1: All right. Peace out, Collective Podcast. We're going (laughs) to (laughs) the pool. Just
2: kidding. Keep listening. You will get to hear the rest of the interview with Jared. It sounds like God has opened such incredible doors for you. And you're painting in front of massive arenas of people and these celebrities. But you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. that there was a point where you were doing portraits on the street for $150. And I was just wondering if you could let us into that journey of how you got from point A to point B and like the practical steps of what that looked like for you of how you grew your
4: business. Mm
3: -hmm. You know, I, um, I really don't even know. Uh, (laughs) it's, It's. it's crazy because it, so from, you know, growing up, grade school, high school, and then I went to a year of Bible college and my whole purpose was to play basketball and to play, um, for some smaller colleges, There's a school called Appalachian Bible college in West Virginia, Liberty university, some different ones that I had opportunities to possibly go to. And the end of that year, I blew up my knee and mm. I realized that moment that I didn't have the, finances. I didn't have the. The school wasn't big enough to be able to take care of my knee at the time. My parents, when I was 19, they moved over to China to start, um, uh, their journey as mission missionaries. And, um, they have been there 20 years and I realized, okay, what am I going to do with my life? I don't have anything to fall back on. I don't even really have a house to go back to. Mm. Um, and so when I realized basketball was over for me, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I worked out and in jobs for a long time and um, moved here and moved here and moved here and um, Mm -hmm. moved away for a girl for a period of time and just did a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have done and made some of the wrong decisions in in life at that time. Mm -hmm. And through that, I ended up moving to West Palm Beach, Florida to start my art career through family, friends of my my parents and and I that I grew up with, and um, they helped me out. And I, you know, I was a. I tell people this. Listen, I've. I can say maybe I was homeless for a period of time, but I lived in houses with people, and I've lived in mansions for probably four years of my life. God always provided, always took care of me, hmm. and. Even though I always had a roof over my head, I didn't have anything that was my own, and so that was a period of time that was very difficult and tough for me, trying to figure out what my purpose was in life, because I didn't know at that time,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and trying to trying to figure that out. So, I was doing black and white drawings on the on the, on the marinas. I think it was Blue Heron Marina and West Palm, and then. Um, some other marinas and you know people would love and say wow this is amazing what you do but I was drawing children and hands and feet and things like that and black and white and in Florida people they want to see colors they want to oh, see dolphins yeah. and mm-hmm. in the ocean and all these wonderful things and so there was one lady at uh, a brokerage firm There, a real estate broker and she uh, she wrote me a blank check and said paint me something really? and I said, well i don't I don't really paint a whole lot. And she said, "Well, if you can draw like that, you can definitely paint. And I think you should paint. I think people would really love to see paintings from you. so i I did a painting of her of a lighthouse, and I think she was gonna to give it to her son. And in between all this time, I was doing stuff for managers I worked for. I sold cars for a little bit. I was doing um, home improvement sales for another company. And so I would just meet people and I would draw Mm -hmm. portraits for them and just black and white stuff. And, you know, they pay me 50 bucks or a hundred bucks here and there. And so I was like, there's no way if I spend a week on a drawing and make a hundred bucks or 50 bucks, I don't know how I'm going to be able to progress on that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I ended up, uh, I ended up just trying to figure okay there's something else I gotta do so this lady encouraged me to paint kind of took me to another step of hey maybe I can do this so I, I filled out the check for $750 which was a lot for me hmm. and she looked at it and she kind of was just like that's that's it, oh, it. you gotta realize West Palm Beach is one of the at the time was one of the wealthiest counties in the United States and you know artwork's subjective mm-hmm. but prices are pretty skyrocket. so I, I said well you know that's fair for me and she's like okay no problem so then inside I'm going man I could have used some more money I should have sold <laughs> out for, for a little more you know <laughs> but I also didn't want to overset my boundaries yeah. as well yeah but that made me think you know what if I actually try new things and figure out new n- new um mm-hmm. techniques or styles then. You know, maybe I can make a living at this.
4: Yeah,
3: because it is a struggle. And when I got into art, I realized six to eight percent of artists can actually make a living at it.
4: Wow!
3: And that's not just painters; that's actors, singers, dancers, in the arts community. And so I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I want to be in that percentage.
4: Mm -hmm. I want to be able
3: to sustain myself and take care of a family one day and move move forward. And from there, I ended up moving to Greenville, South Carolina. Great town. Um, one day on the beach, and one day on the beach, and in, in, um, West Palm. I was just playing catch with a buddy with a football, and finally my knee gave way. And um, there's some friends that I know and and uh, family, and well, well, they're family to me now. The, his parents live here in Greenville, and I moved in with them. And from there, it just took off and met different artists. Uh, there's artists locally in Greenville named Mark Standridge. Um, he kind of took me in a little bit and showed me some other techniques. And and then from there, learned from other artists and um, experiences. And then my pastor one day encouraged me to paint on stage. And that was my first speed painting. And mm-hmm. I was scared to death. I mm-hmm. bet. And mm-hmm. that was the first opportunity. I think I had to really make a mark. And then that just grew. Oh. And from there it's been been pretty amazing journey
1: that's amazing so jared as we kind of wrap up our time together i wondered if you have any advice for um visual artists or any type any form of creative who's trying to take that leap of faith into making it their their way of life and their their, provi- their provision to allow mm-hmm. God to use them to do art to provide for themselves and possibly their family. What advice would you have for them?
3: you know I think probably the number one thing is 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 and it might sound like a cliche but hard work yeah and I think hard work gets you gets you anywhere and it, in any occupation or any field, If you work hard, eventually things will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I joke with people and I say this, in the words of the great lyricist Macklemore, (laughs) if you know who Macklemore is, in one of his songs he says, the greats were great because they paint a lot. Mm. He didn't say they were great because they're amazing, talented artists. He said they were great because they paint a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but for some reason that phrase has stuck with me and realized that you know Picasso... Um, Rembrandt, like if you look at some of the masters in, in, in the arts world, they did massive amounts of work. Um, not just big, but they did so many. And, yeah. you know, if you look at Picasso's work, I know he's known for these, you know, abstract, abstract, just kind of crazy formed faces and things, you know, coming together. But, I mean... Picasso was a realist. I mean, he did drawings, he did amazing pieces of artwork, um, from all different styles and mediums. And, and that's kind of stuck with me is why do I want to do one thing that only one person, you know, one group of people like, why not do a little bit of everything? And it speaks to so many different people. Mm, Um, so that's good. My main thing would be Yeah. So my main thing would just be, would be hard work. If you, if you put the work in, you know, something's going to come out of it no matter what. And then also be creative and have an imagination like you had as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I always say scripture says, you know, um, you know, God says, have faith like a child, but he also says, you know, when you, you become a man, put away childish things and take on responsibility. But I think he always meant, us to keep that creativity, and imagination that we had as children. Absolutely. And I look at my—I have a, a, a son now. He just turned four Aww. yesterday. Happy and
4: birthday! I <laughs>
3: see. Thank you. I see him playing and with toys and things, and just coming up with scenarios. And you're like, where did he get that from? Yeah. Well, it's his imagination that God created him with, mm-hmm. and you want to take that and carry that throughout life because. Even athletes and some of the most successful people in the world have become successful because of their creativity, um, how they think about things, how they discover how to do things a different way, and make it a way that's actually prosperous and, and successful. Um, that's great. So just mm-hmm. expand your mind, expand your 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 horizons of of mm. the creative process. And I think, uh, it'll take you farther than you'll ever, ever dream of. And my thing is this, I've surpassed any dreams that I've ever, um, been able to dream of, I guess when I say, you know, you know, people say dream big, Yep. I've surpassed any dreams I've ever had for myself. That's good. Mm -hmm. And in that, and in doing that, once I've reached those dreams, I've realized I have to set goals in life. And when you set goals, goals are meant to be broken. So you you break those goals and you set new goals that's good. um and that's something I live by so i I realize for myself even if I'm just relaxing doing nothing I'm thinking and creating and i i have learned that if I learn something new every day, then I'm only gonna progress
4: yeah, but if
3: I stop learning then i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna um come to like a stalemate and not be able to to move forward so
4: mm.
3: Wow. My advice would be work hard and keep that creative flow
5: going. That's yeah. so good. Wow, so, Jared. Yeah, Jared, I just I just want to say it's so cool to hear you talk about your process and how like Ephesians 3 keeps coming up and as we come to a close, like I just want to say like keep like trusting God to do the immeasurably immeasurably more because it's so clear that he is doing that in you and through you. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. Like, yeah, thank you for amazing. your time. We appreciate you.
3: My, my pleasure. And thank you for saying that. You know, again, it's easy for for, for me to look at sin or anything that's wrong in my life and, and Satan tell me, Jared, you're not good enough. You mm. can't keep going. And that's something that creeps in a lot when I make mistakes. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm a worst enemy sometimes,
4: mm-hmm. but I
3: know that God loves me. And he lifts me up, and he's created me to create, and he's yes. created me with a gift, and he's created us all to participate in this world.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm
3: gonna leave you with this one of the one of the things I tell people the most when I'm painting is that when I throw paint on the canvas, you know that's. Sometimes the paint splatters are hit hit somewhere, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, in <laughs> this. But the process of it is like our life. Mm-hmm. Our life is like a painting. You know, sometimes we might make a mistake or that, you know, in the moment you can't fix that moment. But you know what? You can learn from that moment. You can learn from that mistake. You can learn from that uh, p- splatter of paint. And you can ultimately, in the end maybe not in the moment, but you can perfect that yeah. and you can perfect yourself and you can learn not to make the same mistakes again. And, um, that's and good. God will sustain you and his grace is sufficient. And his grace is enough. Yeah. And that's what I try to turn to is despite myself, his grace is enough and it will allow me to keep moving forward. Exactly. And I tell everyone this, he created us to participate in this world and like the painting, you know he's ultimately the master and the true artist, and he's allowed us all to be the paint that's being moved around.
4: On,
3: yeah. So keep keep moving that paint around, and eventually a masterpiece will come out. That's so
2: good, <laughs> wow! <laughs> thank you so much, Jared. This was such a great
1: conversation. Yeah, thank
3: you. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you, ladies, for having me, and, uh, yeah. and God bless you all, and appreciate what you all are doing.
1: Thanks. Thank you. So much.
2: That was such a great interview. Oh man, we could have just let him talk all day. He yeah, was fantastic. For sure. One thing that stood out to me was when he was telling his story of how he ended up doing what he's doing now, that there were these two like turning points in his life that both centered around blowing out his knee. Oh yeah. And knee injuries that got him to completely shift either like life directions or move him to a new place which then set him up for what God was going to do next in his life. And I think that so often happens with us, where something happens that feels so negative or so painful, or like something's being ripped away from you, and yet it's the catalyst for what God's trying to do to get you to head in a different direction. Mm, that's mm-hmm. good. It's like a door closes so abruptly that you have to go somewhere else, mm-hmm. but it can feel like such a loss. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, and he didn't really touch on you know, how it felt yeah. to have to give up his dream of basketball. Um, but I think we've all had to give up dreams like that, but then to see that God had something even greater in store mm-hmm. that was beyond what he could have imagined, that was just really
5: inspiring to me. Yeah, I love that he, after that happened, the Lord positioned him you know, to interact with that woman who mm-hmm. actually seeded into uh, his gift of painting. It is and worth, like his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that like, that she gave him a blank check and was like, okay, you know, paint me something. And I thought it was really interesting, like how he even just like the, the number that he chose and how that was like such a big thing for him. But for her, it wasn't very much, but in the end, it propelled him into recognizing that actually like his artwork, it holds great value and it can, has, clearly holds monetary value yeah. um, in all different amounts like yeah. and I think that even just him talking about there are times where he'll do something and he may it be maybe a couple thousand dollars and then it would be a hundred thousand dollars. but he's learning he's learned and he's learning not to place his value on how much money he's given for his artwork. Mm-hmm. And I think that that actually goes back to that woman giving him a blank check, that blank check was actually the value. Like what he gives, it's Mm -hmm. priceless. And I think we all carry that. Like there's no value, monetary value that you can put on somebody's, on our creativity, but the value that we need to know is the value that we have in the Lord.
1: Yeah, and I love that he was like, if if I had followed the money, Mm -hmm. I would have been off track. Yeah. But look at what happened when he followed the Lord and the favor— that he has found.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, hmm. I was—I'm so cool. not gonna lie—I was completely impressed by the like the the level of visibility that all the people he's worked with have out there, mm. and the the potential ripple effect of yeah. his work because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I love our pastor. Kind of has a saying that he uses. Um, sometimes he says, "Follow the favor."
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like when we follow the favor As opposed to worldly success We follow what God is already doing And where he's already Like put anointing and blessing
5: Yeah, where's the grace
1: That's that's where we find true success
5: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah So listeners, thank you so much For listening in to our interview With Jared Emerson We will put links to all his work um, and And we just encourage you guys To work hard Be creative And follow the favor See you back here next week
0: Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find The Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for The Collected Podcast is provided by CleanJuice. Learn more at CleanJuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at WellHappyAndKind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early. Music by Asaf Alon.